Welcome, everybody. This is the number three podcast, third episode of the Motorsports Experience podcast. And we are here today with Mark, and um, I will let him introduce himself briefly, and we'll get into it. Hi, my name is Mark Ferris. Um, I've been riding motorcycles since uh, I was 25 years old, so that's what's coming up on eight years now. I started out on the street, really. Um, I did have a background when I was younger, uh, off-roading ETVs and stuff like that on my parents' property, but really got back into the motorsports and motorcycles at 25. So I was on the street for a couple of years and just kind of realized, you know, like it's pretty dangerous out there. If you want to have fun, you're putting your license at risk and and your life really. So slowly started kind of falling back to what I had grown up doing, you know, being in the woods and stuff like that. So had a super sport for a while and I ended up on a supermoto and then my supermoto had dirt wheels. And then now I've um, pretty much exclusively dirt riding at this point. So um, that, that's pretty, pretty awesome. Seriously. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I met Mark recently at one of the Overland rallies by um, Dacre by Rally Connects. It was a really great event. And um, what were you riding in that uh, rally? I was on my KTM 500 EXC. It's a uh, 2013, a bit an older, older machine, but uh keep it well maintained and running well and it's uh definitely the tool for the job for Dacre so yeah for sure kind of my uh that's kind of my uh dual sport uh longer distance bike right now I've got two others I've got the 300xc which is my enduro bike so I like to do uh you know Calabogi and Arden and a lot of the harder enduro stuff on that and I've also got a trials bike as well to practice some of those skills and hopefully do some more trials competitions uh this year as well yeah that's that's pretty exciting and the whole purpose of this podcast is kind of shed some light on on this particular sport because it's rather isolated if you're riding on a trail nobody really sees you so you're all by yourself there in the woods you're experiencing but nobody really gets to know what it's like to to do that and so i thought that would shine some light on this um, riding experience and um, kind of share the stories of the riders and um, hopefully inspire others to either try it or if they never tried before, then look into this. Because oftentimes I, I myself, I ride on the street and yes, you're correct. You are risking a lot on the street and it's a lot safer on the trail. Even though you are all alone in the woods, there's still a lot more kind of safety precautions in place, especially for the rally like Dacre was. And so was this your first rally or did you ride something before? If you did, what was the most eventful event before before that? No, this was really like my first big solo rally kind of thing that was more of a competition style, really, like I've done... Um, I've done uh, Lee Martin's uh, Rockhound ride before, um, which was a, another great event. But uh, that time I was with another a, a good buddy of mine, Greg Stewart. Um, so we rode that together, and so that wasn't so much an isolated one. It was uh, you know more of a, a paired up. But this was really the first big solo kind of riding event that I've done. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's kind of um, I've, I've heard a bunch of people say that it was their first experience. And so for this being your first experience, how was it? 
it was good. I found it was really positive. Um, overall, there was definitely like a bit of roller coaster of emotions before um, and during as well, uh, especially towards the end. But um, it was definitely a positive, you know, um, I tried to prepare myself well, um, you know, talk to other people, um, do some training and stuff like that. Um, I don't know if you know Darren Rideout, but uh, he's a Baja 1000 Ironman finisher. So definitely was asking him some questions, you know, on, on how to deal with the endurance and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I found and, the community uh, was uh, especially friendly. And that was my first yeah. event, um, first exposure to this kind of event. And people were very, very friendly, which was uh, really um, almost like a needed community type of um, kind of gathering because after two years of isolation, we all need to be in the community of like-minded people. And uh, this event started at four o'clock in the morning. It was still dark. So when the bikes were rolling out, it was pretty cold. Um, fortunately, yes. the weather was perfect. <laughs> so how was the start for you at four in the morning? Yeah, like you said, it was cold. I kind of uh, didn't really prepare for that um, too, too well. Um, I was expecting in July to be... Uh, dealing with the heat more than anything and in my preparation I kind of focused on um training while being warm you know looking for those hot days to go out and train and ride and push myself so I kind of get accustomed to it and then the morning of it was like you said I think eight degrees or something so we got out on the first kind of road uh, like forest road section and you're moving at a pretty good clip you know 50 60 70k an hour and it was it was cold I was cold so I was just trying to you know keep compact, um, keep my body heat in, but, uh, which kind of counterintuitive to like what you want to be on the bike at first, like, you know, more loose and open. So it was kind of, there's a bit of conflict there, but, uh, once the sun came up, it was much better and much more comfortable and I was able to get more in my groove then. So. Yeah, absolutely. And because I, uh, research kind of focused state, I was wondering how the riders were dealing. First of all, you don't sleep much that night because of excitement no. or because you need to prepare and you got to wake up at 3 a.m. So there is definitely lack of sleep. Then there is cold temperature. And so I'm wondering how it affected your focus at the beginning of the journey. It's dark, so you have to rely on your light. And it's all of those physical uh, discomforts that you have to deal with. Yeah, so um, definitely, like you said, the sleep thing, like I didn't sleep very well. My mind was racing the night before, like I kept overthinking, like, is this ready? Is that ready? Is that ready? And then by the time it was 3 a.m., like I, I didn't even really have my alarm go off. I just kind of shut it off and woke up my support truck guy and said, yeah, it's go time. And, um, but yeah, the, the focus, I think, comes down to, you know, there was a few things um, definitely distracting me, but I, I just wanted to come back to like my my core kind of concepts that I wanted to focus on for the, the rally, which was, you know, stay loose, um, keep the pace and ride, ride really smart and, and safe and choose the safer lines. Take that extra moment to not get yourself in a position where you're going to drop the bike or whatever. And, and just, just ride smart. Um, I did a lot of training too. So I kind of think when you're in those situations where you're, you're stressed and there's extra things that you maybe didn't prepare for that you you're, the level that you expect to ride at kind of drops down to where your training level is at, right? You kind of go back into that base mode. This is what my base training is. So, um, you know, I really tried to push the training and, and uh, to be at a good level. And I think it worked. <laughs> I managed to get through, so I think it worked. So 
Yeah, it's like that famous quote, in the times of challenge, we don't rise to the expectation, we drop to the level of our training. So definitely. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I couldn't think of what the exact uh, saying was, but that was the concept. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so so I'm comparing mostly because my past experience has been on the um, on the dirt, tra- uh, not on the dirt, sir, on the road race track which is paved, which is predictable, and it's pretty much the same all the time. So when you're driving mm-hmm. or riding on the paved track, you kind of follow the same line all the time. And dirt track is completely opposite of that. So there's even if you take the same dirt track, it will be different each time you ride it. And so I wonder if you see, if you have ever been on the, on the paved surface, paved course uh, racetrack, and uh, if you have experienced that, and what would be the difference in your perception in creativity that is required in order to do the trail riding? Yeah, so I've never actually done any um, track riding. Um, definitely something intriguing maybe to do one day, but it kind of wasn't in the cards when I first got into it. I know it's been a more expensive sport. I just got my bike and it was more of a street squid, really, not gonna lie, but... Um, um yeah i can definitely see that like there's so many options on on the dirt right um um i mean really like it's up to you and your skill level and what you think you can accomplish to get through different obstacles right there's many different ways to do it um so i know for me like uh when i first really started on the dirt it was there's there's typically kind of like a line that people will take and you'll see it in the trail like especially on a hill there's like a nice v right at the top or something rocks and you can kind of tell that's where everyone's going and for the first while it was for me it was um that was kind of well that's just what i'm going to do a lot of times i was in survival mode at the start right just try and get through and um once i started you know training more of the skills um you know doing things at area 31 and and uh training area here in ottawa that uh, the bma has put up which is a great little area so, um, I've definitely improved from it. I've seen lots of other people improve from it. Um, also getting on the trials bike, uh, again, improve those skills. And it, it, the trials that I found really helped me see different lines and start to see things like really kind of open your eyes up instead of just looking at that V-Rut on the trail and, and going for it. Um, you know, seeing lines where there's bigger, smoother rocks, and you know, those are kind of intimidating. And if you fall, it's a big fall. But once you have the confidence and the skills to just, okay, we'll just ride up there and hey, it's smoother than the V-Ride. You're not getting your pegs stuck. You're not getting hung up on a route or something. So I, I totally hear uh, you. Yeah. I, I myself uh, have been on the on the bike on the street as well, because yes, as you said, the motorsports uh, racing is quite expensive. And so bikes kind of allow us this opportunity to um, ride and participate at a lower level, which is great. And um, so considering that, let's say if at the beginning of the event, you were in survival mode because it was dark, lack of sleep and cold, at which point did you feel that things started to flow? How long did it take you to get to that point where you felt comfortable and confident and uh, picking the line that you wanted to? Yeah, so there was a part in the morning in the first section where it it kind of got tighter and into into more technical double track section and there was some good rock faces cliffs and rudy sections and the sun was just starting to come up and you could feel like the coolness was leaving and i definitely that's when i okay i started to feel that uh that connection started having fun with it again like well not that i wasn't having fun before but like 
really start having fun. Like I see like a little ledge here and like, okay, we'll jump that. Like, oh, there's a nice little tight corner here. Like throw the leg out in the corner and rail around the corner and stuff like that. So that's when it kind of started to click a bit more for me um, at that moment anyways. And then we went through, got to checkpoint one, uh, kept going. Then I saw you in the woods and with the, the photos and stuff, which I definitely caught me by surprise a little bit, but the, it was good. Great photos, by the way, too. Appreciate yeah, thank those. you. And I'm sure everyone else who got them really appreciates it. It's great to get the photos like that from an event. Yeah, I was wondering how people yeah. would react when I was standing there in the bushes getting eaten by mosquitoes. But yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. great. Um, and so we have pretty awesome locations here in Ontario because where that rally was, it's very hilly. It goes up and down. The nature is ridiculous. And how did you perceive this? Because um, some writers expressed how sometimes they would come into the opening and there would be just amazing scenery away from civilization, away from everything. Did you feel a certain connection to nature as you were riding the trail? Oh, 100%. I think that was part of the allure of it to me too, like coming not just to Dacre, but uh, off-road riding in general, it's just to be out in nature. I've always been someone who likes to get out and, and see, you know, beautiful scenery and uh, be on the bike definitely lets you do that. Um, I think some of the highlights for me, you know, um, coming up Sunny Hill and the lookouts they have there, I've, I've been there a few times and I've seen them, but every time it's still always just like, oh, that's nice, you know, seeing that stuff and then, um, Lee had us routed up towards uh, Algonquin Park and we were, you know, skirting on the edge of Algonquin Park and some of the, I think there was one hydro cut that came out and we came up on a hill and there's just beautiful lakes, nice rolling hills. And it was just like, wow, that's, this is awesome. Like great job, Lee, great job on finding that, you know, it's, it's pretty epic. So. I find that it's those awe-inspiring experiences that really make everything worth it, whether you go camping or riding. As I was walking up the trail, I was just marveling how lucky we are to have sufficient civilization, sufficient machinery to be able to develop roads that take us to those locations and then machinery that takes us even further so we can experience it in a matter of a day so we don't have to hike there for days on end and just experience in the matter of, in a matter of minutes, literally. I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah and, and so what was the biggest thing that you were looking forward to at the beginning of the event? Um, my, I feel like my goal was really to, to finish. That was the big thing. I, uh, put a lot of effort and had a lot of people supporting me. And so there was kind of that element of, you know, don't want to let people down. And also just for my personal self, I want to, you know, prove that I can do it. So, um, that was kind of my focus at the start. That was the biggest thing that I wanted to accomplish from the day. So. I found that, uh, the writers who came latest, um, after midnight, most of them had a support crew and it was amazing to see how if you're by yourself it will be challenging but if you have support crew it becomes so much easier because at every checkpoint you have somebody encouraging you somebody supporting you fixing whatever needs to be fixed so it's almost like you're by yourself but you're really not by yourself how was that community and connection to your support team um, felt for you during that event Oh, huge. Absolutely huge. Um, yeah, big shout out to my support guy, uh, Mark Lowe, big Mark Lowe. He was, uh, 
would not have happened without him. I mean, he was on the ball with everything, had gas, food, my batteries charged, anything I needed, he was ready to go. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't, would not have happened without him, that's for sure. And um, I mean, he was the guy on the ground, but a lot of guys too that helped me train, um, you know, went for rides with me, helped me push, give me advice and stuff like that. Um, uh, Andrew Esser is a big one, that's for sure. He had really helped push. Uh, Sean Mooney is another guy as well. Um, yeah, and uh, did some training with Jake Stapleton as well. Uh, this can ride clinic, so like big support there and helped me a lot with uh, preparation and stuff like that. So all those guys that uh, helped supported me. Uh, Steve McGill as well. You know, Thrash Motoko. He helps with a lot, does a lot of fitness stuff and like that and that kind of stuff too. So yeah, like huge support, huge, huge, huge support. There's so many people. I mean, I I rode the event solo and it really wasn't there. I had all these guys on my shoulder, you know, like pushing me on, cheering me on and all that stuff. You know, I was definitely thinking about that uh, throughout the race. So, throughout yeah, the rally, that, that's one of the things that excites me the most about this event and events like that is because it's, it's really so much more than just having fun on the bike. It's about community in so many ways and people coming together based on that experience, based on that passion for riding. But the community matters so much more. And um, great shout out to the Rally Connects and Lee Martin, who spent a lot of time coordinate, coordinating in the back um, for checking where riders were, preparing the trails. The Valley Rally Enduro guys who were also supporting the trail um, clearing and all of yes. that together. It's just so inspiring because we kind of have been in isolation for two years and as people we need to be together we need we are designed to be in communities and i was just so inspired by how well people work together that um it's just truly amazing yeah it really is a great community that we have um and it's funny i mean with my off-road riding only being serious the past couple of years you know a lot of these guys have only really known through covid and stuff and we still managed you know maintaining our distancing but still being able to ride and chat and and uh you know you know make some good friendships out of this and help push each other and uh and get better at the sport and help each other out it's uh yeah i can't think of a better community like it's it's great so yeah and with all of that considered what was still the biggest challenge of the entire rally um again just the distance and endurance for me that was the the biggest uh biggest challenge um i i kind of knew the terrain wasn't going to be like totally taxing on me like as as far as like challenges there was definitely some sections that you know you have to work for um especially the the single track through sunny hill and stuff like that there's some good stuff in there so um yeah, for me, that was just the, the distance and, and uh, managing that and just trying to break it down into smaller pieces, um, you know, smaller achievable things to, to build up to a bigger, bigger goal of completion, right? So, I mean, Lee kind of does a little bit of the work for you there with breaking up into the checkpoints. So, you know, it's like, okay, the first goal of checkpoint one, how are we going to get there? What are we going to do? What's the strategy? And just breaking it into those small chunks to uh, make it more achievable. Because if you just look at it and go, wow, 600 and whatever it was, 30 kilometers is, uh, you know, that's huge. How am I going to do that? Well, well, you can do 115. Like I know you can, you've, you trained that you've done that. So let's start with that. Okay. Go there. Okay. Keep the pace good and, and arrive. Okay. You did that one then move on to the next one. Right. So that's kind of how 
I approached the the challenge of the big distance, which was what I was the most challenging part for me, I think. So yeah, um absolutely. It was quite a long, long distance and breaking it into sections helps kind of restart the the thinking process and the journey um how was it like for you to focus at the end when the endurance obviously the body gets very tired after the whole day of riding and the hands from holding the handlebars what was it like to really focus on the last few miles yeah it was definitely a challenge there was there was a point where i, I was starting to feel that discouragement creep in but i just kind of fell back again on like the training and stuff and a lot of the stuff that uh, I mentioned Jake earlier like taught me you know how to stay loose on the bike energy conservation techniques um you know just focus on um I had set like a pace for myself to uh to stick to and just kind of watch the pace and keep it that keep the riding smart you know when I start to see a small technical section don't just blast into it aimlessly, but like slow down, take a second, look at the lines and just, you know, keep on the goal, right? Just really stick to the plan and, uh, and, uh, go from there. So that's kind of how I got through it. And, and, uh, one more little thing was when I finally saw, you know, the, on the GPS, the finish line flag show up, that was kind of like a second or, well, not second, probably like 50 second wind of the day. <laughs> um that I saw and said okay it's you know it's insight you're almost there like let's go let's do this and I think I, I think at that point I'd been sitting down for a little bit and was just kind of potting along and when I saw the, the those flags come up it was like okay stand up and start charging a little more forward and, and go I don't forward, remember so. what time did you arrive was it dark already yeah it'd been dark for maybe an hour and a half at that time I was in just before 11 p.m so yeah and so at the end of the day when the body is tired and the focus is waning in the dark coming back that must be another challenge in itself yeah definitely um again i'm I'm lucky to have done a fair bit of night riding over the past uh, year and uh, a bit recently too uh, um which really helped so it wasn't uh super foreign to me so again it's kind of like fall back to that training. You know, make sure you have everything you've done it all kind of, and then you can piece it all together. Right. So, um, yeah, but yeah, no, I was definitely, definitely tired and the, the hands were kind of getting sore at that point, but, uh, yeah, I yeah. just knew it was close. So I just kept charging. It's probably inevitable with hands. You can't really train them enough. Eventually they will get tired. You can't do that much, but it, it all becomes about the mindset of, how to deal with that last because the last mile in any race or in any event is the most challenging and that's where it takes all of our attention all of our reserves and training to get over it and um so how i'm curious as to how um you perceive events like this or this specific event uh relating to your days after so after you finished and you came home and you recovered physically how long have you or have you felt anything happiness or i uh, or um, any kind of residual feelings after doing that yeah to be honest i feel like i'm still riding the high of it kind of you know it's uh it's good it's definitely sore for a couple of days funny enough i think the monday was actually the worst but um 
it's definitely very stiff and slow to move, but um, no, it definitely feels good. You know, it's, um, it's a big goal. It's something that I'm passionate about. So to be able to achieve, um, you know, finish at Dacre is, uh, is, uh, you know, pretty good accomplishment. So I'm, I'm proud of myself. Um, and yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that elation and high is what I was looking for. Um, because obviously after having such an ex- intense experience, there would be a lot of kind of excitement still left over. And so I'm curious if you consider it, if it has affected your work in any way, like maybe you are more productive because of that high, or maybe you're doing things faster, or maybe you're less anxious, anything like that, that showed up for you? Um, <laughs> I actually had a really tough week at work following it. So it was kind of a bit of a mix, but, um, um, yeah, no, it definitely just kind of that base happiness level just kind of was just a few points higher, like throughout the whole thing. So even through that, you know, stressful period at work, it was once you get through, it was you get home and you can easily put it away and just, you know, get back and, and be, be happier. So definitely like, I definitely think achieving yeah, something re- like this uh, gives you that kind of residual happiness increase. Yeah, and the reason I'm saying that is because I have a hypothesis that doing endurance events or just riding events like that on the trail where you use a lot of creativity, where you're exposed to a lot of awe-inspiring scenery, when you're so connected to the community, eventually would at, by the end of that event would produce sufficient enough high that would translate into better working um kind of better working experience the week or maybe weeks after and i have a hypothesis that it would also improve the connections with other people at work and so i'm kind of testing to see if that has any relevance Mm. do you think that there is anything to that yeah definitely i think like it's you've I mean, I think everyone that's doing this event is, uh, you know, passionate about motorsports. So to spend a whole weekend doing that much and with so many other like-minded people. And, and like you said, you know, um, seeing, seeing, uh, you know, such great scenery and all that. And I think, I think you can kind of relate it to, I think they call it the runner's high, you know, people do marathons and stuff like that. They're absolutely getting the crap beat out of them for however long it takes them to do the marathon, but they're super happy after. Right. So. Um, exactly yeah i can i I can definitely like uh can definitely relate and see that um in my work it's kind of harder um often working alone being on night shifts and stuff like that so the connection to other people isn't so much there all the time but um yeah yeah, there's also uh, yeah i was gonna say just at a baseline i just definitely feel like that that happiness cup is a little more fuller you know since the event so for sure. And another thing that I, I hypothesize is that eventually that runner's high runs out and sometimes it could actually, so we have a high that is high, but then becomes low, that's too low and results in lower feelings. And I wonder if it shows up or maybe doesn't with um, events like that, because when you are focused for a long period of time on something specific, you build up a lot of energy and electricity in your brain and it all is there and it's happening but when it stops 
it kind of all drops down. So I wonder if you have experienced drops like that after riding events. 100%. And right now, I think with Baker, I'm still kind of riding it. But even just smaller things, even just a really good ride with your your trail buddies, like, uh, you know, good week, and then you kind of don't get to ride for a couple of weeks. And you got that itch. I want to go again. I got to go again. Like that's, I think you're, you're seeing that. Right. And um, another thing too, with the off season here, like in winter time, um, you know, it's more or less things shut down and, you know, you definitely feel like kind of, oh, that sucks. I want to go ride, but you can't. And you, you definitely associate the riding to being happier. I mean, it makes me happier. So. Oh yeah. Um, I definitely yeah. feel it in the winter. I, I usually ride yeah. only kind of in the warmer months. Um, yeah. And when it stops, it's just like the the days are short. It's all darkness, and you don't ride. It just becomes yeah, really depressing. We, we've tried to mitigate it. I have uh, my parents have some property uh, just south of Ottawa, and um, I snowplow the track and we stud the tires, so we get a few guys out and chase each other around. So it's uh, it's not uh, a good trip to Calabogie or it's definitely not a Baker rally, but it kind of, you know, it, it's fun enough to put the smile on your face again in the cold months. So it's yeah. And that, that's my biggest point of this kind of podcast, because it matters. Things like that, writing experience like that matter because they make us happier, making us happier, connects us better between people so the passion of motorsports it's kind of a almost like isolated sport those who understand they understand and those who don't they don't but it is important to kind of talk about i think and inspire others to continue pursuing that because if it is someone's thing i think they should continue pursuing it because if that gives them joy they should do it right yeah yeah definitely like um definitely a a big believer in going after what makes you feel happy right so whether that's motorsport or anything you know um if you have that little feeling of curiosity and you um chase it because if you don't you're going to just kind of sit there and and spiral and kind of you know dwell on those ideas that you could have done something or something so it's better to just go and chase it do what you can you know and and yeah. yeah, and um, considering that, is there anything specific that you want to improve for your next riding event besides the physical endurance? Um, yeah, it's a tough question. Um, I felt I felt like my plan went surprisingly well. Um, I was expecting more hiccups than than happened. Like I was managed to stick to the pace, and I felt like my mental prep was pretty good. Like I didn't really f ever feel a point of really wanting like to quit. So um, I think for my next event, I would kind of just do the same, like and how, like analyze what the event is, talk to other people who have done it, and kind of and go from there, take advice, and formulate plans and and stuff. So. I don't think I would do much different, to be honest. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And so in closing, what else would you say to somebody who might have forgotten about their passion or they never considered trail riding? What would be your message to other enthusiasts out there? 
Yeah, kind of like I said before, you know, if you have that that itch, that curiosity, uh, chase it because it's just going to drive you mad if you don't. Like, <laughs> you know, do do something that inspires you that you love. You know, if you're if you find yourself on Instagram following bike pages, bike pages, like go pick up the bike, go ride. Um, and uh, yeah, that's I guess that's kind of geared more towards the person who's maybe done it before, or, uh, has a bike sitting there and hasn't gotten out enough, like try and find a time like even if it's only an hour or something you know that hour will make all the difference and your your uh you know your happiness couple be full be fuller than it was before you know um it's, uh yeah funny like uh, my my uh, mother-in-law comes over sometimes and she came over one time after i'd come back from a ride and the first thing she said to me was mark you're absolutely glowing like right now so yeah you know that's good to hear from someone you know like you can, they can tell you're happy so um, yeah, if you have that, that curiosity, that itch, that, uh, inquisitiveness to, to get back on the bike, go for it, do it. Don't waste your time. Like life is short enough. And, um, for someone who's like trying to get into it, um, I would say, um, again, go for it. Um, look into, you know, a local club or something. There's lots of places that, um, uh, people will help build you up and help you ride. Like I'm, I'm still fairly new to the scene myself and I've, you know, found such a great community and people who push me up and, uh, you know, support me over these past few years. And, uh, yeah. So again, just go for it, give it a try. And, um, even, even if it ends up, you know, like it's not something for you, then you can say, well, I tried, you know, and that's just one thing that I'm not into and I'll go find the next thing, you know, like here. So, yeah. Yes, I agree. And uh, that is kind of, why I'm doing this like I want to spread the word how great the community is and me personally I still only ride on the street for now but I'm trying to get a dirt bike and making plans yeah. but it takes time sometimes so for, yeah. for those of us who can't do it right away we just need to stay patient but keep an eye on the prize because it's worth it I, I've seen the trails I've seen what the bikes could do I really want to get there but it's it's gonna take some time but just it, the community is really, really great. And I want to see this community grow because I have been in the motorsport world um, in Ontario and it's shrinking and becoming smaller and less and less people I um, have found at the tracks. So it, it's kind of sad to see a lot of people kind of withdrawing because of lack of funds or whatever of life getting in the way. And as I said, it's important. So people should try to get into communities like that because the more we participate in it the more it grows the more everything gets better so that's kind of how i see that yeah definitely i think we're really blessed here in ottawa we have such a great club uh, bma they do a lot um we have the new training area like i mentioned earlier area 31 and it's amazing to see the people come out and improve like literally sometimes overnight it's it's great and um uh, you know, guys, like I said, uh, Jake Stapleton and John English, the trials rider, they have the can ride group, which they do uh, some training with, which is great. I mean, that helped me so much, so much to do, uh, to spend time with them and learn from them. Um, yeah, absolutely. And the uh, Valley Rally Enduro, the Rally Connects yes. area, yeah. um, all of these places and clubs are really great place to start. So, well, anyways, yeah, thank you everybody yeah. for watching and listening and hope everybody got lots of value from this episode. And thank you, Mark, for being with us and sharing your story. 
it definitely goes a long way to share our experiences and because experiences essentially is what unites us so best of luck to you in the next uh, events and uh, hopefully to see you on the trail 